welcome back to poolside podcast this is episode number 100 which is very exciting and something that is kind of a surprise i don't want to say it's a surprise because i'm supposed to have inspiration and motivation that this was the goal but i'm excited that it's episode 100 and instead of doing a self episode i have mitch jacobson here to interview me so do the other side of the interview so thank you for coming to do this well thank you so much for having me rachel that is an incredible accomplishment to get to 100 episodes having just started a podcast myself recently i know how much time and effort that takes what does it feel like to get to 100 it's weird i've like you know when you're just like what happened like i remember i we were just talking about this before we started recording but the goal was like really to get to 10 and now we're at 100 and i don't really know what happened in between it's just here we are <laughs> yes and if you could go back would you do it all over again like what was your initial motivation to start this podcast and where has it taken you i had never listened to podcasts like three months before i started this i had never even heard of podcasts and then i was at um, Create and Cultivate in LA, which is like a marketing social media conference thing. Like Kim Kardashian was speaking at it. So it was very legit. And they had a podcast panel event thing. And it was, you had to go, like it was part of the schedule. So I was like, okay, cool. Never heard a podcast. Didn't know. Now I listened to the people that were on the panel, which is cool, but I'd never, didn't know who they were. And so I sat there listening. I was like, oh, it sounds like a blog, but talking. I was like, cool. Maybe I should do one because I had the blog love getting people's stories supporting local like that's where my blog started and so then i was like oh maybe i can just continue it on in a podcast like seems like a cool thing to do seems trendy people were just starting it and so then three months later i was like on amazon buying just like whatever the google starter kit was for podcasts and so that was it so there was no like real thought behind it it was just like seems cool like seems, seems like something different i'd stopped doing local interviews on my blog so this was a way to really like pick that up again and have people tell their stories and it's a good platform to really interview people because I never wanted it to be solo episodes it was really for other people to be able to tell their stories so now we've had I don't think it's quite 100 people on it because I've done a couple solo but probably like 95 people interviewed on it which is crazy absolutely incredible probably quite a lesson for your listeners there you didn't really know what you were doing but you just took the first step got going and now you're 100 episodes in and I had an, a tremendous time being interviewed I believe it was episode 83 with you yes and how do you ask such good interview questions I was always really taken back by your ability to get these entrepreneurs in the room these really cool people and get some amazing information out of them how did you learn to do that um I don't know <laughs> but I think it's gotten better I have a couple friends that like are good friends of mine and they've listened to lots of them and they're like they episodes have definitely gotten better as you've like got there so it is I think practice I'm not a journalist this isn't like something I was doing before and the, I remember the first speaking of like the first 10 I remember interviewing people and I was like this is hard I was like it's hard to like listen to somebody but then also be able to ask questions without totally missing what they've said but then being able to tie it all together because I like to listen like that's why I started the podcast was to hear people's stories because I love going to talks and conferences and all of this to hear other people's stories and so I was like great now people will just tell it to me specifically but then I had to learn how to not just sit there and listen because I had to be the one that like continued the conversation and so the questions just came it's all very selfish it's like what do I want to know and especially because like I had started a business and this was all my like realm of interest that it was 
just questions that I wanted to know. And sometimes uh, just if someone is interested in starting a podcast or is doing one, some of the questions would come from the research behind the person. So asking not specific targeted questions, knowing what their answer was going to be, but like knowing the person's area of expertise and wording it into a question so that they'd be able to expand on it. That is such a great point. It is really difficult to ask good questions. I always really admired about how you did that. It was, it, I thought it was fantastic. And so going along with that, you know, you've interviewed 95 people. You said, what is the most significant thing that you've learned from all of these influencers and people that you've met? And how has that helped your personal business and brand? I think it's so interesting because, uh, talking about the questions and how it's evolved lots of the I didn't want to ask like the same questions to every single person because obviously people have different stories and you want to know different things but I also found that when you ask people what their like one piece of business advice was that I tried to ask everybody most of their answer is knowing your why and I can almost like guarantee that's what people are going to say now when you like ask them why they've started a business and that's and their advice is that's what they always say and so I think that's something that I picked up on that everybody is starting a business um, for a bigger reason. It's not just like to make money and it's not just because they want to change people's lives. It's not like one reason. They've started it for a whole number of reasons. Um, so that's been interesting to just hear that it is their why, but then also like the story behind their why, because obviously everyone is different. And so um, they give lots of different answers. And I think that's what I really like about it is that you can relate not necessarily to everybody, but different people with their different types of advice relate to different people which I find is really cool so lots of the people that I've had I relate to more than others um, just listening to their advice and like their stories and stuff like that so that's been an interesting way to learn more about how I want to run my business and how I do things Um, yeah no I think that's that's been one of the takeaways just hearing people's background stories and why they've started a business and kind of thinking about why I started my own business and being able to take then their steps and turn it into mine. There's lots of the times where I'll leave the interview and I'll sit in my car like writing all these notes down because I'm like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. Like now I'm so inspired to like go home and do things for what I'm doing. And so, and even if someone didn't directly be like, you need to do this, it's just their like inspiration motivation that then inspires me to go and either finish something on my to-do list that I was like putting off or sign up for something or take the next step in my business because of what they said, which is really cool. That is brilliant. Understanding your why and your your greater purpose behind doing this. I guess going to your business, I think most of your listeners probably heard your story. You quit your job. You started this incredible business. You're an influencer. What is your why behind that? And what keeps you going on those hard days? Because as an entrepreneur, and I can relate to this, there's a lot of really tough days. You don't know when your next paycheck is. Sometimes you don't know, you know, how, how you're going to do business that month or how you're going to generate sales. What's your purpose and why driving you behind all of this? I don't want to not sound inspirational or motivational, but my biggest why is because I don't want to go back to a corporate job. <laughs> so I just have to keep pushing myself so that I don't have to go sit back at an office. And so I can like do this in the middle of the day without having to worry about someone wondering where I went. So that's the biggest motivation behind it is just the flexibility. And so being able to work hard enough to have the flexibility. And so it becomes a real like balance. You don't want to like overwork yourself because it kind of ruins what I was trying to do with it in the first place is to have the flexibility and just a little more like 
not free time, but just so I can do whatever I want when I want to do it. Um, so that's, it's a good motivator because some of the days that become really, really busy where I've like worked for 12 hours on my computer and haven't left, I'm like, no. I was like, what happened that this is happening? We need to like figure out a process that I'm not now sitting here for 12 hours. Like, what can I do faster? Why am I not being efficient? Um, so that, that's the why. And then that's how I continue to like reflect on it and that's what keeps me going is just the like constant ability to reach business goals and my time management goals and then be able to then like go on vacation whenever I want and be able to go to the gym whenever I want and like so it's, it's a balance and that's that's what keeps me motivated um and then also because I'm doing something that I like to do and without having someone to tell me how to do it and so like I could have got a social media job in a corporate business and done that probably probably less stressful probably make more money if I would have done it that way but at least now I can still do what I want do the social media do the digital marketing but then have it under my control which is what I was looking for for my entire my short career as a corporate employee so brilliant so it's the freedom and the lifestyle that this affords you that's that's really driving you and is that why you called it the poolside podcast is that the essence behind the name it is thanks for catching on to that i don't even know if people realize that that's why it's called that but poolside digital because poolside podcast is like the extension of my business but poolside came from that mentality either i i mean i don't want to tell my clients that i'm working poolside like you know but it's more like you're the client you can be poolside while i do your work so it kind of goes both ways. Like secretly I'm at the, at the pool doing the work and having the freedom, but it's really so my clients can like be like poolside and not have to worry about their social media is the reason behind it. And then the podcast sounded like a cool podcast name because we can all just be poolside. I actually really like beachside. Like I'm more of a beach person, but then beachside sounded like retirement condos. And so we went with poolside because it just sounded better. I love it. I think it's amazing how you tie that all together. So going along with your business, you've, you know, this really inspires me. You've built some really incredible relationships, such as companies like the NFL. Like, I think that's just amazing, especially being up here in Canada. Can you give us some insight into how you've built those relationships and how you maintain them? Yeah, so I think jumping all the way to NFL makes it sound like it's really easy to just like, yes. <laughs> you just like show up on Instagram and the NFL's like, here's some tickets to the Pro Bowl. But uh, I think that that, which is, separate from like my poolside business the influencer instagram side um started with my blog like i mentioned and that was five years ago um just about six years ago that i started the blog and so that as people know that's the journey did the blog supported local and was able to grow my instagram just first as a traffic driver to the blog and then as like quote unquote like influencer which wasn't what i set out to be became a thing and so i think over the past, it's been three years since I've like monetized my Instagram and those relationships started even before the monetization, before knowing it was a business. It was really, like I said, I was supporting local, I was connecting with local people. Like that's what I really like to do. And I think when you jump to the NFL, like five years later, that that is just a reflection of starting making those connections and then really just like fostering it and growing a community around it. And then I just, as like influencer marketing became a thing, I was just there at the right time kind of thing. And um, I don't know how many people know, but the 
people think the NFL technically reached out to me, but it's really the PR company because that's how influencer marketing works. It's most of the time it's the PR companies that have like the NFL as a client. And so the PR company that has Under Armour as a client who I've been ambassador for three years with, they have the NFL also as a client. So that was really how that happened. It wasn't like I was posting about the NFL and then the NFL found me. It was more, I was already working with the PR company with Under Armour and they were like, we think you'd be a good fit for also this client. So not to like burst the bubble of the NFL, but that just to be real with people, that's how that happened. I think that's great. So what I'm hearing is you don't just start an Instagram and a week later expect to be working with these massive brands. It takes time. It takes persistence. It takes a lot of hard work, obviously, right? Yeah. And I think people, I mean, I get a lot of DMs that are like, I just want to be an influencer. Like, how do I get free stuff? Like, what am I supposed to do? And I can even just tell people that you need to post every day and that's enough to like shut them down. They're like, well, what? I have to post every day? I'm like, yeah, like you can't just post once a month and then like expect people to care about what you're posting. And um, so I think you have to really like the idea of Instagram. Like you have to like taking the photos, and you have to like posting the photos and you want to like build that community and make that connection and spend time like talking to people and giving more than you're taking, I guess, to build that. And it takes a lot more time and effort than I think people realize. Like I probably spend a good like, four to five hours on like my own Instagram or social media, like blog, all the kind of stuff, like on my platforms a day, which for some people that just doesn't interest them. But then at the same time, like those people, then you're not going to have like the NFL or the Under Armors or whatever. Like you're not going to build a career on Instagram if you don't want to put that effort in, which then goes to like any business, even your, like if you're not going to put the effort in to build your business, then like why are you building a business in the first place? I think that's an amazing point for all your customers. So to work with these big brands, you know, Rachel here has spent what five plus years now spending four or five hours a day working on your own social media. So it doesn't just come overnight. Yeah, which kind of seems like a waste of, like not a waste of time because like it's been really cool, but like you're like, whoa, that's a lot of time to spend on social media, but but I like it, so. Absolutely, and it's afforded you the freedom that you're looking for. So I find that, that really motivational. So I'm going to flip over to some more deep questions here. So how do you define success, Rachel? What is success to you? My, I was at a panel a couple weeks ago and they asked this question and uh, I never like had really thought about it until that moment. And uh, my like surface level definition of success is, which I came up with when I graduated university and I got my first like corporate job and my definition of success was being able to go to Starbucks every day and buy a latte and not have to worry that like it was like whatever your hourly was, like half of your paycheck. And I was like, whoa, is this what success is? <laughs> I was like, I, like, I'm not stressed that I can like just go buy a coffee, like one coffee a day. Like I'm not here buying like seven lattes, but just like one every day walking to work and you don't have to worry about what that five dollars is doing to your bank account and i've kind of carried that on since then because there's been ups and downs like as you would know starting a business um where sometimes you feel like you can afford the starbucks and there's some days that you're like maybe i should just have coffee at home today because six dollars is a lot and so that in like a funny way has been always been my definition of success and and that's not like a money thing it's just more of the feeling of 
you're okay with where you are um, and not stressed about like being fired or not getting enough clients or whatever it is you're kind of just at like a content level where I can like I said I can take advantage of the freedom and flexibility that I've built myself but then also be able to work on the business and do the client stuff and just it just feels good so that's my definition of success um in kind of like a metaphor example kind of way with the coffee but that's what I would say it is it's not like how much money you're making it's just if you feel like you've reached where you want to be in life um and not having the stress like I said not having the stress being able to find new clients being able to work on your business like researching new apps or what Instagram is doing with stories or whatever it is that's related to my personal business um, or being able to have a podcast and being able to do this with some of my time, even though I'm not being paid for it, like being able to take advantage of what I've worked for, if that makes sense. I think that's beautifully said because it all ties back to the poolside podcast, right? It's having that freedom to buy the $6 coffee if you want to and live the lifestyle that you want to have. I think that's fantastic. So for some of your, the people listening to you, I know you have a lot of people that really look up to you, Rachel. If they want to get to where you are, you know, your level of influence, work with the brands that you work with, where should they start? Let's say they don't even have Instagram right now. What would be steps one, two, and three? Uh, definitely get Instagram. Although if you don't have Instagram right now, then you're, this is probably not the path you should be going down. Um, so you should already have Instagram and you should already have an idea of why going back to knowing your why like I think it relates not only to when you start a business but also to your personal brand and to growing your influence like why do you want to grow your influence like what's the whole point of it and I think lots of people even if they would never say it out loud they just want free stuff which is not a good reason to do anything um, because I have a whole rant about like the there's no such thing as a free lunch thing like I've seen a presentation about it and there's books and stuff but um I've had lots of people ask me that they're like yeah I want to be an influencer because I want free stuff and I was like well it's not free because you're working for it even though from an outside it seems free but you're just exchanging services and so I think if someone wants to start with that you need to identify that you're doing it for more than just the free stuff especially because when you're starting out you won't get free stuff like you have to build up to it. And so if that's your initial thought, then that's just going to be disappointing and you're going to feel like a failure, which nobody really wants. So, um, so yeah, so knowing what, what you want to do with it, like if you have a specific message or if you want to build a certain community or you just want to share some sort of education that you have that you think people would benefit from it. So just finding out like why you want to do it and then putting doesn't have to be like a business plan it doesn't have to be like I'm like if people know me they know that I'm not like a super strategizing kind of person like I'm like oh I should start a podcast and I just start it like that's how I run everything that I do so I don't think you should have like you don't need like a step-by-step plan but I think just keeping in mind where you're going with it so this is what I want to do so how are you going to do it like I'm going to need photos or videos because that's what you have to post on Instagram um, so getting that in place, do you know a photographer? Do you have like friends or someone who can take your photos? Like, how are you going to get the content? Because I think a lot of people, like I said, lots of people get stuck with having to post consistently, which that's what sets people apart from just like using Instagram as a normal person and using Instagram as a business is that you have like 
planned ahead um, and you have the content ready. So figuring out that, figuring out what that looks like, what, like what kind of photos you're going to take, how are you going to visually demonstrate what you're trying to share with your community? Um, and then not to overwhelm people, but I also would suggest not just doing Instagram, like having a, another platform of some sort, because um, if you're just starting out with Instagram, not that it's not possible, but it's a lot harder now because there's a lot of people on it. And so having a blog or a podcast or YouTube or what, like just having another platform that you can share and reach people on, I think is a good idea. And also it helps you with understanding the workload that's going to go into building your brand and your influence that you can't just focus on one platform that there is a lot more that goes into it. And so I don't know if that was three steps or not, but that's what I would suggest. More like thinking about all of that and getting that set up and then diving into actually like posting and connecting and engaging and like doing the like day-to-day work that goes into it. I think that's a brilliant roadmap. So I was actually taking notes while you were saying that. So what I got from this is you got to start with your why. You got to understand that nothing is free and it's going to take work. You got to plan ahead and then you got to make sure that you're not just hitting Instagram, but you're hitting all the platforms and you need to really focus on great content. Is that sort of a quick summary? Yeah. And sounds overwhelming when you say it like that. Like if I was being told that, I'm like, okay, that seems like a lot. But if you really want to do it and you are passionate about it, then it's actually not as much work as that sounds. Like for me, this is what I like to do. Like people are like, what would you, what do you do in your free time? And like, I do social media in my free time, which is also my business. So even if I was being paid or not paying for it, um, before when I had my blog, before I was being paid to do any of it, like I was taking the photos, I was writing the content, like I was doing all of it before anyways. And so you have to have that passion and drive behind it, which is your why, but then also this is what you would be doing anyway. So then it makes the whole process a lot easier. Yes. It's understanding that why. Cause I know that from, you know, my business too, being in the beverage space, it could be a year or two years. You know, I'm three years in, I've never taken a paycheck. You have to understand that why. So I want to just switch gears here to the amazing content that you create. I know I've asked you this question before, cause I'm just in awe of how every day you're putting out beautiful photos with great captions on multiple platforms. How do you do that? What's the secret to creating great content and great captions i don't know if it's a secret but i think well and i don't want to sound like very cliche but i think it's putting out content that really reflects who you are and like taking the photos that you really like and not trying to copy what someone else is doing because i think there's a lot especially now you can tell which accounts have the most influence and do the best and so you don't want to just copy what they're doing like you don't want to it needs to come from you and it needs to come from your voice and like if you're funny or if you're thoughtful or whatever it is you're trying to do it needs to come from who you are which is very cliche and is overset a lot but I think a lot of people just don't really think about it until they go to like take the photos and post the captions they're like oh but I want my account to look like this girl's account and it's like well it won't work the same because people will be able to like see through that that's not really who you are and then you also can't be consistent if you're trying to copy someone else's accounts a lot easier if you are just making up the captions because that's what you're thinking that day um but yeah I think again like that's is, this is what I enjoy so like even before when I was at the coffee shop I was just like typing out like a quick blog post because that's what was coming to my mind and so it's creating the content whenever 
I have time or whenever I feel inspired. And then that's what creates the best engaging content, I would say, is when it's been created in a moment that I was like really focused or really inspired. I think it comes through the content um, on Instagram or my blog or podcast. So I think that's important as well as to find the moments and find what inspires you and then take that and turn it into your content. Yes. And I'm, I'm hearing, you know, being genuine to yourself and being genuine to the brand. And this is something that, you know, with, with my brand, we struggle with. We have influencers that reach out and we don't know if they understand the essence of our brand. And if they put out content, we don't know if it's going to be genuine to Revita. So when a, a brand reaches out to you, say Under Armour or another company, how do you capture their essence of their brand and make sure that the content that you're putting out for them is genuine to their company? I think I would actually reword that and say that when they reach out to me that the content I produce needs to be genuine to me with their product. So how I would demonstrate what their brand is rather than the other way around, which it's funny you say it that way because lots of brands come at influencers like that. They're like, this is our brand, this is our product, this is our ideas. And it's really hard as an influencer, unless you totally align. Like like for Revita, I'm in the mountains drinking energy drinks, like that's totally fits into my brand. But um, there's a lot of brands that will come at you with totally different ideas. And you're like, did you even look at my Instagram? You're like, how am I supposed to take this photo or do this and then have it fit in and make it seem like this is something that I'd really be doing. And um, I think brands are getting better now, but it is a huge struggle for what they want versus what like an influencer wants. And hopefully as it evolves and people learn more about influencer marketing, it will be more, here's our product or our service or whatever. Show us how you incorporate this or how it aligns with your own personal brand. Um, because I think that's a lot different than what the brand visualizes it as. And then like how I like wear Under Armour shoes. Like they just came out. I just had a pair sent to me that were for like runners, like for people who run, like their shoes for people who run. And I'm not a runner, even though that's what this was for. It was like, now you can like long distance run and do all that. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I'm not posting that. Like now I'm training for this marathon, like, cause I'm not. And so that would be like, I don't think people would really second guess that because like I do Under Armour, I do the fitness stuff. So maybe I am training for a marathon, but like personally that would be a lie. Like I'm not training for a marathon, I'm not running. And so when I did the post about the shoes, it's like, this is for when I go to the gym and it's like my hit workouts. And that's, this is how I incorporated it. Here's me wearing it just outside in, like I wore them when I was in Orlando. And so it was just like a day-to-day -day shoe. And so how I incorporate like, like athleisure, I guess is in quotations. Um, how I incorporate the shoes into my style. And so instead of them being like, we need to post about how you're reaching your run goals. It's like, no, this is how I would wear the shoes in my life. I love that. And I think that is so important for people to hear because I know, you know, a gripe that a lot of people have with influences, influencers is they're promoting products that they don't even use. And what I hear you saying is you're only going to work with brands. You're only going to work with products that you would use in your life and that you can genuinely give a review to because you enjoy the product. Right, but I think because I have the experience for that, because I think when I started, even not not necessarily the paid, no, there's probably been some. Within the last like year, I've been really good at being like, I don't use that product, I don't want it, like become very focused on what my brand is and the products and services that align with it. 
However, when you're starting out and people start sending you free stuff, you're like, this is so cool. Like, of course I need to use that hair product and the skin product and like this food. And like, you know, you start to like, you end up posting about things that you don't use, which it's tough because you like need sponsor content to show other brands that you do sponsor content. But sometimes I like brands that are reaching out to you aren't necessarily the brands you want to work with. So it becomes a fine line between how much you're lying about what you're using. But I remember I used, I don't have it anymore, but I used to just have this like bucket of stuff that I had got posted the photo and just like put in the bucket because I would never use it. And then like my friends would come over and I'm like, oh, look at all this stuff. It was like a treasure chest for them. Like they thought it was super cool, but it was like, like now that I'm thinking about it, it was like just an example of all the non-genuine posts that I had posted for stuff that like, it's not that I thought it was a bad product or I was lying about what it did, but it was stuff that I wasn't using in my life, that I was only fake incorporating it into my life. So it's really interesting actually to like talk about people who want to get into the space. Um, You have to decide how loyal you're going to be to your own personal brand. And if, if you're going to post about things that you're just posting about because you're getting them. So I think that's, and that's a personal decision. Like it's really hard to say no to stuff if that's like, all you're getting like if you want sponsored stuff and you just like have to say yes to some things but i i think that's just something to keep in mind when people are starting off in the space i think that's great advice kind of a chicken and the egg thing because you know when you're getting started you kind of have to take what you can get but then as you're growing as you have established this great brand you can be a little bit more picky and choosy with with the brands that you want to work with yeah totally which just comes from experience and then you have to start somewhere so it's not a bad thing if you're doing that but it's just something to keep in mind as you grow. That is wonderful advice. And I have another philosophical question for you. Okay. So how much do you think success and luck and how much do you think of it is hard work? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I actually just heard a podcast yesterday. I don't know who was being interviewed, but they uh, they said it's there's opportunities everywhere and there's opportunities for everyone, but not everybody is looking for them so it might seem like someone is really lucky and they have all these opportunities but maybe the other person isn't ready for them and like hasn't seen them which is a really interesting like perspective to think about opportunities Um, I think it's a little bit of both I think the hard work comes for taking advantage of maybe the luck you've received by the position you're now in or like a connection that you've made or an opportunity that you're seeing, I think the hard work comes after that and like what you do with that situation. So the luck would be even just talking about like a podcast or a blog or something when you've started it or who you know at that time or who you've connected with. um, It's just luck that you started your Instagram account 10 years ago as opposed to two years ago and just like got into it. Um, But then did you put in the hard work to continue that growth and to make it become a success so I think it's I think it's both like I think you can do everything with hard work but it does help if you have a little bit of luck or you have some people in your life that can help you or you know there's like a positive in the situation that you're in that's a a brilliant answer and one of the things I admire about you is just how you just go and start things right you just started a podcast you quit your job and you started your business. And so what I see with you is I think, yes, luck and, and success and hard work are all intertwined, 
but you've created a lot of your own luck by just getting going and, and persisting day in and day out. Totally. I think overthinking really limits people. And so whether it's luck or hard work, I think you just can't overthink it. Because um, I know a lot of people, especially in the social media space, because that's who I obviously have a lot of contact with, that people are like, oh, I want to start a YouTube channel, but like I need to have like 10 videos made and I have to have this plan and I have to do this. And or for photos, they're like, well, it has to be just right. And I have to have like 15 photos ready to go. And I'm like, you're never going to get around to it. Like you just, you just have to do it. And people are worried what other people are going to think. And like my biggest, not advice, but just how I see it is that nobody really cares what you're doing. Like you think people are going to be like, oh my God, that was the worst YouTube video I've ever seen. Like probably no one's going to watch it. So like, it doesn't matter. Like your mom's going to watch it. And if she likes it, great. If she doesn't, well, it probably wasn't like made for her anyway. And so I think people limit themselves and they get in the way of themselves when it comes to whatever it is they're trying to do so back to is it luck or hard work I think sometimes it's just getting out of your own way um, is really the catalyst for success in whatever you're trying to do and that was a great point what you just said about not being afraid right to just put stuff out there and see what happens so how have you broken down those barriers of fear because I'm sure when you got started you're maybe afraid to start a podcast or afraid to start your blog how did you just take that find the courage to just take that first step I wouldn't even say I've never really thought about it but now that you like say it like that way I don't think I ever had like fear or I wasn't ever afraid to do it um mostly I just was like well if someone reads it like that's cool like I just never had the like forethought into like if other people actually consume like I just assumed that nobody was going to read it or listen to it and so it was just really for me and so, and I'm a little bit impatient again with starting things. And so I'm like, well, I don't have time to worry about what everyone else is going to say because I just want to do it. And if it doesn't work, then we'll just do something else because there's always something else. And there's always something else you can start or whatever. And so I don't think I had that fear, which is really interesting because sometimes I think about things that I've posted on the internet or like that I like content that I've created. And I'm like, oh, like, should I delete that? Like, that's embarrassing. Or it's, you know, like, in retrospect maybe I should have thought about things like more before I made them but I think that it's just part of the journey and again like people aren't going back to my like first Instagram post or my first blog post to read it so I mean it's just there yes and you got you know you constantly got better your content's constantly improving but you took that first step totally and I think again now that we're talking about it I think I just don't it's not that I don't have time but I just don't put any energy into worrying about what people are going to think or reflecting on the stuff that I've already done. So it's just like, what's next? Like, who's the next interview person? Who's the next podcast? What's my next blog post going to be? What am I posting on Instagram? Like, it's more just like, let's just keep moving forward than worrying about what we've already posted. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's just how I view it. So I think that's brilliant. I actually just read a book about the mentality of, you know, Colby Bryant and some of these other great minds. And that's how they always thought about things. It's always what's next. It's never stopping to think about you know, what they just did, it's always moving on to the next thing. So I think your approach is amazing. So what does being an entrepreneur mean to you, Rachel? I really hate the term entrepreneur, to be honest. Um, mostly because I think about people that, you know, those like entrepreneurs that are like, they tell you they're an entrepreneur and they're like, here's my product or here's my service and it's the best in the world and you have to have it. And like, they're very like pushy. Yes. That's what I picture as an entrepreneur. And so I don't call myself an entrepreneur because I don't want to be like put in that group. Um, and I also, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur because I just wanted to be self-employed. 
And so like, I just didn't want to have a boss. And so it didn't occur to me that like being self-employed is in the same like category as entrepreneurship. Um, but I, I would call myself more of like a solopreneur because I don't really have any interest in having employees or like growing a business to sell the business or like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm more just here to like work for myself, stay in my own lane kind of thing. Um, so yeah, did that answer your question? I think it does. Okay. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think the word entrepreneur is so overused, especially nowadays, right? It's kind of the hot word on, totally. on social media. And, and my belief is that there's business owners and there's entrepreneurs and true entrepreneurs innovate. They help people. They do something different. I think that's what you're doing. You're not just doing this for profit. You're doing this to help people. You're doing this for your why, right? Which is freedom. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. If you say it like that, I agree with that. And that's back to your podcast here. So there's a hundred episodes. Is there anything you can tell us about you, Rachel, that we haven't learned in those hundred episodes? Something interesting putting you on the spot oh, here. Man. Um, I share mostly everything, but I would actually say that most people don't know that I'm an introvert and I would prefer to just stay at home by myself rather than be out in public but nobody really gets that because I'm at things and I'm talking to people and like social media seems like a very extrovert type of thing but I'm definitely an introvert that's my fun fact that is really fascinating because I would have guessed definitely you know on the Meyer Briggs test you would have been an extrovert for sure because you really come across that way with your social media you ask great questions so you do a lot of things that are very social even this podcast how have you overcome being an introvert and forcing yourself to be put in these <laughs> to situations. leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Actually, it's so funny because I obviously grew up shy and as an introvert, as so my parents are still amazed when I like just go to events by myself. They're like, what do you mean you go by yourself? Like, who do you talk to? I'm like, cause it's fine. I was like, I just, I just need to be at home to like re-energize, like going to events and doing all the like, social things is just really exhausting as all like introverts would understand that it's just takes all my energy to be social and be on and so that's why I like being at home because you can just like regroup yourself um but yeah but then like I've made friends so it's fine so I just can't think of, I just have to go like most of the time I have to plan my days so that I don't spend so that I don't go home and sit down because if I've like been out and then go back home like I'm not coming to your event like sorry and yes. so like the thought like I'm not excited I'm not excited enough to get ready again leave my house and have to go talk to people like you, it's not I'm not interested and so I just have to the only way to do all this is to plan the day so that I've like have no choice but to go to everything that I've said I had to go to yes so really planning ahead yes and how do you do that with your schedule because being an entrepreneur you work for yourself you could work seven days a week if you want to. Do you schedule time, like days off for you? Do you only work Monday to Friday? Like, how do you manage your time? No, um, I definitely work every day. But I, I try, like I thought about doing like a Monday to Friday or something, but then it's a lot easier to just like work for three hours on Saturday morning and get some things done rather than just like leaving on Friday and then thinking about it all weekend because like there's no one there to... Like, there's no reason to not work on Saturday or Sunday. Um, however, if I have something planned or if, like, I'm going to the mountains, or then I'm not going to work, and so then it's fine. So I just have to make sure that, like, things are scheduled or, like, no one's expecting anything on those days. But I try to just work whenever I 
feel like working, <laughs> which seems like kind of a funny way to say it, but um, I really like doing what I do and I like working. And so I will spend lots of my time doing it. But there's some times where you just like, you're just not productive. Your brain's just not working. And so those are the times that I'm just like, yeah, no, not this afternoon's not going to happen. So then you go do something else. And so um, I do end up working probably like seven days a week, but it's not like it's a problem. Like I'm not dreading it. I just do. And I work for probably like three to five hours at a time. Like I'm not sitting down and working for like eight hours. And so I'll just do what I have to do. I always have a to-do list. So as long as I get things done that I'm not going to get fired for, then that's how I run my schedule. And so when I plan my days, um, I live really far north in Calgary. And so I have to leave my house and it takes me probably like 30 to 45 minutes to get anywhere. So I have to plan my day that like when I go like into the city in quotations, I have to be like, I have a fitness class. If I have a meeting, if I have this podcast, like everything has to happen within like a six hour period of being downtown or like out and about because my dog's at home. And so that's really, it's a great like schedule barrier that like this is, you have to get everything done within six hours and then you have to go home. And then you can do whatever work has to be done at home. But so that's kind of how I plan my days is where do I have to be? Um, And I always go to like a fitness class or the gym. And so that's usually where I start. And then I kind of plan around that. Plan from there. That's really cool. And going along with that, like how do you manage your relationships? Because I know this is something that I'm struggling with being newly full time in my business. You're working seven days a week. Sometimes your friends, your romantic relationships, like they don't understand that it's an all encompassing endeavor to run a business. So how do you balance your work with your personal relationships? Um, I think, well, a lot of my friends and the people that I talk to are also in the same industry. So then no one really like questions what we're doing or like if we're working, like I'm going on vacation next week with one of my friends um, who used to be self-employed as well. She was a freelancer, but she's also an influencer in Calgary. And so, um, she doesn't, there's no like questions about like, sorry, like I'm going to have to work at like at this coffee shop or whatever. Like I have to plan some of my days around like important things that are going to happen. And like, it's not a big deal. And I think same with my fiance that we've been together before I started this. And so it's just been like an evolution of time. And I think it really worked out that the two of us have personalities that we're not codependent on each other. And so um, I can work whenever I feel like it because he has like, he'll do whatever on his own time. And so that's really worked out. Like, I don't think it would work if you had somebody that needed your attention. Like if they worked during the day and they came home and they like needed your attention because it's like, well, maybe I didn't get all my work done today because I had other things to do or it just wasn't like focused enough. And so that's really been great that Chris has been supportive in that way and understands what I'm doing or like if we're on vacation like we need an Instagram photo you can't eat your meal until we take the Instagram photo we need to take an outfit photo like he understands that that all has to happen Um, otherwise I'll be all fired up about it and so he's just accepted that that's what has to happen and so I think it's just having a conversation with people who if they don't understand I mean they probably shouldn't be in your life is what I would say but I think for the most part people just like go with it and understand what I'm doing and again going back to like the time management thing um it's really my responsibility to plan my days and my time so that it doesn't interfere with like my friends or 
my family. So I try not to work when I'm with any of them. Um, I like sometimes it comes up that I'll get a call or a text message and I have to go do something. But for the most part, I try to like work when I'm by myself and then when I'm with them, be focused on whatever it is we're doing. I think that's so great. So you really kind of block your time where, you know, this is working time and then this is family or this is relationship time and they're going to get 100 percent of my attention. Is that? Yeah, totally. Especially because I do a lot of it on my phone. And so it's really just being like, okay, like don't look at your phone then. Because as soon as I pick up my phone, like, like, yeah, you check social media and stuff, but then all of a sudden it becomes, it can become just business because that's even on Instagram, then it becomes business. And so it really is just being like, no, not right now. Do it later. Yeah. So taking time out where you're just giving someone a hundred percent. Yeah, totally. I think that is really brilliant advice. So you're at a hundred episodes now, Rachel, what is next for you? What's next for your business and what is next for your podcast? Well, the next for the podcast is episode 101, <laughs> which comes out next Tuesday. Um, but the podcast, I just want to continue to grow. I think it's at an interesting point because I have interviewed most of the people that I already know and I'm friends with. And so even in the last like 20 or 30 episodes, it's been a few new people that I've been introduced through other people. So it's really interesting to have different conversations with different people that aren't necessarily like in my sphere of communication. Um, it also really helps with interview questions. Interviewing people that you have never met before is a lot different than interviewing someone you already kind of know their story. Um, so that's the goal with the podcast, just to hopefully increase listeners, kind of grow it from there, um, get some cool people on it. And then everything else is just a, we're just moving along. I'm trying to start some more like online course stuff. Like I get a lot of questions about social media and influencer stuff, basically questions that this whole podcast was about, but I get lots of them. And so I'm trying to develop like resources for people to use without having to like go for coffee with me or something. So build that kind of make it more of like a passive income situation. And then I'm getting married this year. So that's really the plan. (laughs) That's what we're focusing on. Um, and then I have a lot of vacations. So the balance, a little bit about work, but mostly I'm excited about yes. the other stuff. Living the so. full side life. I love it. Exactly. And you have created this uh, incredible online course. How can people find that? What's the best way for them to access it? Um, everything related to like poolside is at poolsidedigital.ca. So that's where all the links are for everything that I have created. Um, and then also my Instagram, which hopefully if you're listening to this podcast and not following me on Instagram, then we have a problem, but it's almost famous with two Fs and that's where I post everything that I'm doing. So Wonderful. And if say there's an up and coming influencer that, you know, wants to get some advice with you, is it best for them to start with your online course? Should they reach out to you? What's the best way to learn from almost famous? Definitely reach out to me. Just DM me. I'll always respond to people. Um, that's the best way. Cause I think people have specific questions and just need to get started somewhere. So I think, and I think making connections, that's the whole point of social media is to be social on it. And so I think people should always reach out to everyone that they want to connect with or have a question for. I think there's, there shouldn't be like a barrier being like, oh, well they, they have this many followers, so I can't DM them. Like sometimes I think like not me, cause I don't get that many messages, but like the really big influencers, I'm sure they have like billions of requested DMs, but like, you should still reach out to people. You never know who's 
who checks their DMs. So that's something I really admire about you. You know, with your following, I'm sure you get a ton of messages. And you know, just from my personal experience, every time I reach out to you, I think you get back to me within like half an hour. It's it's shocking to me. I try. My, my turnaround <laughs> time could be like 72 hours to a week sometimes. So. I mean, as long as you're consistent <laughs> with it, it's fine. <laughs> and I guess you know to wrap things up here, Rachel. You know, if, if you were to give a TED talk to all of your <laughs> listeners and all of your fans, what would that be about? What would you want to tell people? How can they get to where you are? Well, if I was going to give a rant TED talk, it'd be about free lunches because it really fires me up. But um, I think it would be about, I don't want to say authenticity because I promised that I would stop using that word this year, but but about like being yourself and growing your personal brand and gaining your influence by understanding who you are and what you bring to this world. Sounds really inspirational. I don't know if it'd be that inspirational, but something like that. Well, I would be there front row. I could tell you that much. And so any, any final notes, Rachel, anything that you want to, to wrap up? This is a hundred episodes. This is an incredible accomplishment. I'd like to congratulate you because very few people in the podcast world ever get to this. Yeah. Thanks for, well, thanks first of all, for just coming on here and doing the interview questions. Cause otherwise I would have had to just do this by myself in my kitchen table. So, um, I appreciate that. And yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. If you've made it through all hundred episodes, definitely a gold star for you. Please DM me if you've listened to all of them, because I would love to know who's been an avid follower, but I'm excited for what's coming and for the 200th episode or the thousandth episode so i'm excited i'm so excited for you rachel and you know i can just say that you've been incredible to work with you were so good to me before so just you know to back up a little bit i reached out to rachel before i even had a product and she took a coffee meeting with me and i'm sure you have can't even imagine how many requests and we sat down you're so good to me you had me on your podcast i think you're a tremendous person i really admire what you do on social media and i'm so excited to keep following you and, and see where you go with this Awesome. So yeah, if you want to hear Mitch's story for Revita, he's episode number 83, um, which you can find. And yeah, no, that was great. So thanks for everyone for listening and listening to all 100 episodes. And I will check in with you next Tuesday for episode 101 because that's what's coming up next.